Uh, so, Rob, I wrote that story you wrote for me. Oh. You know. Yeah. Oh. Would I read you, I read Dan's story. Oh, what'd that you think? Wrote for me. Um, well, I, I was a little confused by the title by the end of it. Oh, wh- why is that? Well, actually, by the beginning of it, because it began, uh, Robert Avon was born. Yeah. And so on. Okay. We both know your birthday. Right, of course. You were born offhand, yeah, for sure. Right, we don't have to go into that. Sure. Why say it? And then uh, it just sort of progressed in that same way. Um, and then I couldn't help noticing the introduction of a certain villain character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fat Man? Sure. What? Oh, wait. Um, oh, okay. I see what's happening here. You do? Yeah. You do? Okay. Okay. Because... Um, I, I, I don't want to throw around accusations and I do appreciate you writing me a whole story. That's very nice. No, That's I mean, just, that, I mean, I wanted to write you a story. Um, uh-huh. I, I could see where the, it, it may be confusing. Um, but you know, the fat man, uh, in the vil- you know, the antagonist of the story, mm-hmm. the one who really, you know, sticks it to, uh, our main character, Rob Avon. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never. Which is your name? That, well, yeah, that is my name. I couldn't think of any mm-hmm. other names. Um, uh, so I, I, I know that you know I didn't give the fat man in the book a name, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you, yeah, like you so can. It's like what? Are you? I, I could what? I could interpret. I mean, I, I could see where it's confusing, but uh-huh. of course that character uh, is it. It's uh, it's you. Of course, it's you. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, because I was gonna say. Oh wow! All right. Well, I had this whole sting. I was gonna. Oh, kind of took the wind out of my sails. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I? <laughs> was this like some gotcha journalism that you were about to uh, try and get me on? Yeah. Um... Let's just do the show. All this right. week on well, King Me, <laughs> this week on King Me, Apple TV Plus presents Lisey's Story Part Two. King Me, King Me, welcome to King Me, the official Stephen King. Movie and television podcast <laughs> and streaming podcast. Uh, the streaming. It's also the official podcast of kinging me. Right. Of being kinged by me in the night. <laughs> uh-huh. It's the official podcast of uh, of misnomers, of, of misleading titles. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the official podcast of throwing up water on your sister. Yeah. You gotta. Sometimes you gotta throw up water. You just gotta get it uh, out. Can I issue a? Can I issue a correction? Sure. It's the official podcast of throwing up water into your sister. Into your sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're back talking Lisey's story, second half of the eight episode miniseries written by up and comer Stephen King. I've heard of this guy. Yeah. Uh, He's the one with the tiny, tiny glasses, right? Yeah. I don't know if his head's getting bigger or those glasses are getting smaller. <laughs> Rob, I had this whole thing. I was thinking I was going to read passages about the fat man. 
about how he eats up all the microphones so that Rob can never speak. And that's what makes him so fat. I was also going to do a thing where the uh, the letter D was clearly crossed out in a few spots and an M had been written in its place. Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you at least got to uh, say that here. Fire that fire that off. Yeah, yeah. it's worth it. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> Dan. Yep. Lisey's story, man. Come on. Lisey's story. When last we spoke of uh, Lisey and her famous story, Mm. we were cautiously optimistic, I think is the way to describe it. Yeah. Um, A lot of a lot of threads were dangling, which only makes sense halfway through a series. What what more could you expect? Sure. Um, But the sort of like oblique obtuse storytelling um i think had us both kind of on on edge a little yeah, bit yeah it had us scratching this, our noggins a little bit <laughs> <laughs> none of this might pay off you know we've been burned before uh, of course there's the mist of course there's castle rock Ugh. uh the prestige sort of stevie uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i prestige stevie Prestige Stevie um, doesn't always pay off. You no, know? you know, and Apple TV. I don't know. I think of them. I think of Ted Lasso, which you have never seen, correct? I've seen all of the first season of Ted Lasso. Oh, okay. Did you yeah. like the first season? Um, no, <laughs> no, it's really very bad. <laughs> but you know, it was like I was locked in my apartment. It was. It was quarantine era right Paige locked you in in the apartment (laughs) and said watch this (laughs) yeah well i had started a cult in the bedroom she was trying to flush us out (laughs) right just yeah (laughs) you know the theme song yeah yeah. (laughs) the mumford and sons theme song (laughs) Uh, so uh here we are apple apple pluses lisey's story i gotta Mm. say dan I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, um, it paid off much better than than I than I was expecting. Honestly, I think it it this feels like I don't know the first story in a while where it's been like I don't know where where it's had like a, a satisfying conclusion, you know? Yeah, and maybe like you know it's not. Uh, it's not without its flaws or anything, but uh, I don't know, man. I honestly am like, <laughs> like we watched the stand, which has some like weird shit in it, but ultimately I don't, neither of us was too hot on it. And mm-hmm. you know, th- like you said, the castle rocks, the mist, uh, even like it part, uh, it chapter two, like all of that shit. And you're like, Ugh, this is just a slog, you know? And yeah. this, I was like, uh, pretty interested the whole time i know like it is a slow show but uh, the acting i think just really propels the whole thing yeah you uh you gotta have julianne more Uh, yeah to get away with this show Uh, dude um julianne more uh can do like do the ugly crying better than anybody in film yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. Like she, oh, yeah. she fucking nails it. Like every time she go, like she goes like contorting her face, and it. She's like, I'm, I'm going for it. Like I'm. This yeah. is how I cry. <laughs> you know. I also like watching her over like the length of a miniseries like this because you like. It, it really becomes apparent like what her sort of like moves are. Yeah. You know, like the saying a line like four times in a row. <laughs> sure. <laughs> to help sell it. Um, which, like, honestly, like, I mean, some of the spots in this script, like, kind of need a little bit. Like, it's very kingy. It's which which is to well, say it doesn't always sound natural coming out of a human mouth. That's I mean, I, I think, yeah, the flaws in the show are all in the, the writing of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all, of, you know, when King's on his shit about, you know. Booyah Moon, all like the concept and all of that stuff, but like the 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 words that he uses, the specifics, yeah, yeah, long boy, Ugh. yeah, all that shit. Just it's not even that long. I'm sorry, he's just not that long. I mean, he's tall. I don't look at that. Yeah, I don't look at him and think, oh, oh my, how long? Yeah, look how long this guy is. <laughs> it, he's kind of stocky, <laughs> kind of. You know, he's he's built like a damn Godzilla. <laughs> he is. Um, yeah, all those specifics, super goofy, but I think this is like, I don't know. We get a, it's, it's a lot of like sort of, uh, sweet, like kingy sweet spots. Yeah. Childhood trauma, abusive parents. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> love that. You That's love what to I'm see here it. For. <laughs> you do. You do. Um, I also, again, like, I think some of the visuals are, are very striking and um, I like what basically just like how, how I like Steve, I like Stevie doing like magical realism almost. Yeah. For lack of a better word. uh, Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think uh, taking, having a more grounded supernatural kind of story um, I, we don't see that all that much from King. I mean, it's usually, uh, you know, a killer clown or some, you know, what if fog was haunted or something like that. Um, all right. Well, let's not come for John Carpenter. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> what if mist was haunted? Mist being haunted is stupid. Fog being haunted is, is a classic. That's <laughs> a classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, though, I think like, this whole show is much more of a drama, right? Like more of a, uh, it's more about the, the, you know, inner personal connections between these people and like, um, you know, Julianne Moore and her sisters and, and, uh, Julianne Moore and, uh, her husband. And, but like, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I found it compelling. Like, uh, I don't the just the the hum, the human aspects of it. Besides the all the the silly uh, booyah moon stuff, I was just like, this could just be the show. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it could just yeah, be for sure a, about a woman grieving her husband uh, who passed away, who like of her famous husband or whatever. Um, yeah. Um, also, you know, I was being glib in the. Uh, in the cold open there with like the title, not, you know, being about, Oh yeah. 
Um, to an extent, I think there, you know, there's a conversation to be had there, but I also, I found like, I found myself thinking he did a really good job of sort of like threading that needle. So like did that, I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which right? I like, because it's like, I'm shocked because he's like notoriously bad at writing, uh, like female characters and yeah. giving them anything to do. Yeah. Right. And like, you know, um, the whole whole thing being just like a, a grief journey or whatever, um, sort of like, you know, forces it to be about her. And the thing that like, I think the thing I was struggling with that seems like obvious to me now, having seen the whole thing yeah. is like, well, yeah, of course we're talking about the dead guy. That's the catalyst for the grief, sure. right? Like this is our, this is our husband. This is like a very important person to her. And, um, I also just think this sort of like coming to terms with like, the f- like like fully understanding someone and only having that information after they're gone yeah. is like it's very it's just very compelling it is it, you know? it really is yeah especially like the the ending when she's reading the story right and you know and he basically says like uh now you now you know every every bit of me every part of me and uh, I don't know. I that I was just like, oh, that's like, that's fucking compelling and poignant. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I mean, the you know, Stephen King's been writing for uh, what fifty years at this point, right. <laughs> published yeah. works and shit. Yeah, and you know, uh, still like the new stuff is like, you know, a little bit more. I don't know, emotional. I guess. Yeah, this felt like more emotional, maybe more personal. Yeah. Like, I don't know enough about him, I guess. Like, yeah. Cause these are all like very private aspects of somebody's life. I don't think, sure. I don't think necessarily we'd be like privy to it. It just, it feels like resonant. I mean, he's like, I guess the, the obvious part is like, he's an older successful writer. Yeah. Uh, so for him to be like sort of processing his own mortality in this way. And obviously like we know he's had his struggles, his own like personal sure. battles. Um Google it. <laughs> Just kidding. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Um so I feel like I feel like all of that stuff also just like adds a layer yeah. of resonance that's that's pretty satisfying. Yeah, definitely. Um so we're good? We're done? Yeah, we're done. Wrap it up. We'll do segments we right liked now. It. <laughs> Um, let's, uh, all right. So let's jump in episode five. Um, which I, I, you know, I I think we could probably, you you know, as far as like big plot, uh, kind of things, um, you know, obviously things are happening or whatever, but it's much more of a, uh, like a story-based show. It's all, you know, it's about the emotional journeys of these characters. Yeah. So, like, you know, uh, in the in episode five... So, we leave off with our characters. At the end of episode four, um, what's it? Jim Dandy, Jim Dooley, whatever you want to call him. He, sa- he tells uh, Lisey he's going to be back. He has, you know, beaten her and cut her up and all that. And... 
he says he's going to be back. He wants those unpublished works, right? Uh, Amanda, the sister, is in a mental institution. And, yeah, Lisi is trying to figure out what the fuck to do here. Uh, and she, she sees the ghost of Scott. She's like, she's not quite sure how, how to play this all out, right? Um, so we pick up episode five. We get a little bit of a flashback, uh, a little bit more backstory on, on Scott Landon, his childhood. And we see what happened to Paul, his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, he turns into a goddamn goblin. He does. He does go goblin mode. <laughs> he does go goblin. He goes mode. absolutely feral. Yeah. Um, um that uh, that that kid who plays Paul, uh, that shrieking that he was doing. Yeah, it's re- really getting under my skin. <laughs> Ooh. Hey. Okay. I think one real one real flaw this show has is uh, all of the sound design is atrocious. It is quite like you, Im- un- it's uh, sorry yeah. go ahead no no i it, go ahead go ahead i just to it, say what i mean just like dialogue impossibly quiet yeah all sound effects Im- and music impossibly loud it is kind of hard to watch <laughs> don't i feel like most things that come out now are like that i agree where, I, I, you, you're right. Like you can't hear the dialogue. You're like, what the fuck did he just say? And you turn it up, and then yeah. the music kicks in. And you're like, I don't. This I gotta, is way too much. I gotta what ride that volume knob for for fucking yeah. four hours. You know? What do you like? Don't you fucking bozos know how to compress a goddamn sound? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I was arguing with Paige about this. She's convinced the Plex does that. I'm like, what are you talking about? You, that that it fucks with the audio. Yeah, I'm like, no, that's just what HBO does. That's like how they mix all of their shows. Yeah, I mean, I, feel, I yeah, I don't think it's a Plex thing. I think I really it's like, for sure not. Like that would be yeah, because I've also watched non HBO things and had the exact same issue. So it's just, it's it's definitely not that. Yeah, yeah, it's it it just seems to be the way that things are made now. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is infuriating, but. Um, and th- and this show is so dialogue heavy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and like Every, truly, people are constantly talking, and you're like, and then you know, some fucking thunderclap right. happens. And you're like, God damn it! Like truly, the whole deathbed scene, I I couldn't tell you what they said. I could barely fucking hear half of it, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was very, very, uh, you know, heavy. I'm sure it was beautifully See, I, written, but I, I feel like such an old man. I have to watch most TV shows with like a like my headphones in and like yeah. playing it through like the phone or whatever because I'm like I can't. Otherwise, I'm not gonna be able to fucking hear anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also like I I watched it. Um, like if Paige is home, I have to watch it on headphones because it's like insanely right. loud. And then like add to that, I'm also we have like a window unit in our living room, an AC sure. unit, so it's like right, even harder to hear because like yes, not only is like not only is the dialogue quiet, but a lot of it is whispered, which is roughly the same type of sound as an AC unit running. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like lots of wind blowing and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a mess! What a mess! What a mess! Um, 
So, uh, Paul goes goblin mode. Uh, the bad takes over, gets into his brain. Lisi, uh, when uh, Scott, grown up Scott, is telling Lisi this story, um, she asks why, the, you know, uh, their father didn't cut him again. And he was like, it, it got, the bad got into his brain. It was too late. And this kid just like out of nowhere just sort of snaps and attacks uh, Scott mm-hmm. and scratches him. Uh, on the ankle and and then you know his father comes comes running in uh hits paul over the head with the bat and and then he tells scott that he's been infected with the bad now um you hate that and Don't you hate they that? take paul out to the barn and they chain him up to a tractor and they leave him you know they they feed him and whatever for a few weeks. What was that thing that he was making him? Was it just like a ball of ground beef with like cornflakes on it or That's something? That's truly what I thought also. Yeah. I think he was okay. just, yeah. Yeah. A nutritional block for his, <laughs> yeah, for his, like a, a meatball, but covered in cornflakes <laughs> yeah. uncooked. <laughs> like, yeah. It, that was so fucking gross. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty gross. Uh, but he, he gobbles that right up. He loves it. He's gobbling now. <laughs> Um, gobbling up that fucking ground ground beef. <laughs> um, so, uh, it, it, Paul's uh, his face is is changing. Also, he's turning into a goblin, which I thought was like, uh, it, it, I mean, it, it goes like I, I'm still not a hundred percent sure what this whole the bad is. And, yeah. You know. Well, I think importantly, um, I mean, I think it's just like uh, snapping after your father's abused you for like 13 years or whatever. Right. Like, uh, right. Like, I would think that that's mostly it. But, but you the, know, there's you mean like moon and all the supernatural business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I but like, I mean, I think importantly, like after. Paul dies, yeah. you know, the, like the first, first thing, uh, that Scott notes is that his face is like changed back. Right. And he says, I think he says in voiceover, right. He's like, I don't know if he'd ever, like if any of that was even real or something to yeah. that effect. And yeah. like, I do think that's just supposed to be sort of like, yeah, that's how you'd remember it. Like it's so traumatizing that, uh, you know, your brother would just like fully snap like that. Like you wouldn't even recognize him. And he's been so dehumanized also by just like the circumstances that their dad keeps him in Sure, that he's just sort of remembering him as being goblin mode. Yeah. 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 Goblin mode. Uh, So, right. Goblin beef. Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, Right. Paul, uh, their father shoots Paul in the head with a shotgun, uh, killing him, but good. And and then he he tells Scott to take him to Booyah Moon and bury him, bury him over there. Basically, hide the body because yeah. I, I just shot my son. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, he uh, he does. He buries him. Um, there was the at first there was like. Uh, uh, before that whole interaction where like 
Paul snaps and like attacks Scott and then the father shoots him. Uh, it seems like they're going to inject him with like ketamine. Um, that's exactly right. I think the plan is for Scott to take him to Booyah moon to the, to the waters and try and maybe heal heal him. him. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that doesn't work out. So they, um, so Scott takes, uh, takes Paul's body to Booyah moon, buries him, um, gives him like a little, uh, sort of grave, uh, you know, headstone or whatever. And, and he leaves the, the needle full of, uh, ketamine, uh, out there back to the present. Huh? <laughs> Smash cut <laughs> <laughs> real quick. I have an idea. Yeah. Uh, huh. we should, should we do a, uh, cook boys episode where we make the ground beef and cornflakes? Oh no. <laughs> I don't want to eat raw meat, Dan. <laughs> you can cook yours. That's fine. It would be good to have a side-by-side comparison. Uh-oh. Dan, are you going goblin mode on me? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll never tell. <laughs> I might have brushed up on a long boy or two this weekend. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I might be infected with something. Yeah. <laughs> um so right, uh in the present syphilis. You're you're you have syphilis in the brain? Yeah, sorry, but we can just breeze right past that. I just want to get that on All the right. record. Well I mean it's the beginning of the end, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Will anyone notice when the when they start when the corkscrews start eating my like, brain, yeah, I. <laughs> for all we know, you know, this could be an ongoing problem already. Yeah, it's a good thing that there's like hours of us talking because when in another ten years, when I have full blown Alzheimer's and I can't remember my own name, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe you can listen to this and remember, you know, who I was and. <laughs> What? <laughs> Anything. And that was our episode on Lisey's Story Part 2. Coming up next week, Lisey's Story Part 2. What? I've never heard this episode. <laughs> <laughs> These boys are funny. Um, oh, boy. So, smash so, cut to the presence. Snap back to reality. Right. As the poet laureate might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, there goes gravity. And... When Lisi does a cannonball into the pool, she doesn't. But um, no, she she gears up. She does gear up. She gets she her go, shovel. First, yeah, she. Well, first she goes to the, the to Booyah Moon and she like, you know, uh, goes into the water and like heals herself completely from you know being sliced up with the pizza cutter and all that shit. Mm. Um, then she drink yeah. it of water. Right. Big gulps. Big gulps. Yep. Uh, then she she has to get her sister back, Amanda. Um, which again, this is more stuff. It's it, this is. I mean, the show is like kind of uh, like little little ambiguous, right? A little like uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure how all this like the inner workings of all of this stuff is, mm-hmm. but. Um, she has to get all of her sisters together. She needs her sister's help. 
Um, yeah, they need to do because one is a redhead, one is a blonde, and one is dark hair. They that's right, the only way to, to defeat the evil. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> they need to powerpuff girls. Right. Um, <laughs> so she, um, uh, right, Lisi, uh, she she finds Amanda in um, the the place or whatever in Booyah Moon, right? Yeah. Sees her there, but she can't. She's talking to her and she's trying to, uh, uh, like get her to like snap out of it and yeah. whatever. Basically, and people like, keep yelling at her to shush. Yeah, because if um, you if you make noise, long boy shows up. Yeah, scoops you up into him. Right, can't have that. He just he like puts you like on his shoulder. Yeah, and you just get added you're into. You're a the, you're a goddamn nicotine patch to him. That's all you are. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Like all of the people that are like make up the long boy, right? Uh, what what did they do? Like, well just seems like they were just unfortunate and just got fucking caught by this thing and now they're just part of this you know yeah uh, it's it's hard to say because like initially i was like oh that's like if you got the bad yeah. you're drawn to the long boy that much is made clear right because right. like um both uh what's his name paul and eventually mm-hmm. um jim when they see yeah. the long boy they get the lights in their eyes and they're just like, take me, big boy. Yeah. And so there's like, there's that aspect of it. But then also there is just that one guy, right? Remember when like the one who like chases uh, yeah. Lisi and Amanda? And yeah. he's just like, hey, I told you to be quiet. And then he gets scooped up. <laughs> and he gets scooped right yeah, up. Yeah, but I mean, to, uh, you know, the sort of one of the theses of the show, I guess, is like, that's one of the Lisi's, if you ask me. Stop. story. Um, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that the show plays around with is the idea that real life is not so tidy. You know, there's not sure. always, like, logic. Like, the rules don't always abide by logic or whatever. Um, right. So maybe it's just that. Maybe, maybe we just, like... Right. Maybe we're not supposed to fully understand how it all yeah. works. I mean, that does seem to be the case where, like... Even though that there there are scenes where like it's just Scott explaining to Lisi like uh, Booyah Moon and sort of how he's he, you know in earlier episodes or whatever he even says he's like I'm not exactly sure how it all works yeah um, and that's sort of like I mean you could call it a cop out but like. Uh, it's just a way to get around all of it. Like, right. Yeah. I don't have to explain everything. And I'm glad that they don't just, you know, through exposition, explain all the mechanics of it. That would probably drag everything, uh, drag the whole thing down. You know? Not only would it drag it, but it would like lessen the power of that place. I think like, right. If you understand how it works, then you can understand like it by not explaining that stuff. It just like, it makes it feel beyond anyone's comprehension right uh which Which is more fun which is more fun fun and i think use your goddamn imagination (laughs) (laughs) and also just like important for like a story that's dealing with like very existential stuff too right like you don't want to feel like you can hold it in your hand right also it's sorry go ahead no no i was just gonna say that like 
so many like shows or movies now they they have to over explain everything because they like they just treat the audience like idiots uh, so everything has to be explained uh, in exposition and I'm kind of glad that this show just went like yeah here's like some of it but like there's a lot more that we're not even going to talk about yeah <laughs> like, yeah once again like real life we know we understand maybe 10% of how it works or whatever right um, yeah I think it's good I think yeah. it's good there's also like for every rule you state it it just becomes easier to poke holes in the rules the more rules yeah, exactly. there are you know and it's just yeah it, that's boring I mean, that's that, not the that's not the point exactly let Christopher Nolan do that with his little puzzle boxes <laughs> let him let him have that fun are you gonna go see Oppenheimer uh yeah I might go see it can I I there is like one of the only one of a few very few apparently uh, 70 millimeter like true IMAXs is in King of yeah. Prussia which is not too far from Philly so yeah yeah I'm considering it I would really like to have that big ass experience but I also don't like thinking about a nuclear war <laughs> I know I uh- I am. I am curious. I haven't watched any, any of the trailers for it. I'm like, I just didn't see them. And at this point, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm gonna go see it, mm-hmm. you know, in a few weeks or whatever. So I might as well just not watch it. Um, so I'm not exactly even sure what the tone of it is. But like, it's over two hours long, and at a certain point, like he, you know, they they detonate a, a nuke in the movie, right? But, like, I have no idea what the rest of the movie could be about. It, just, like, Oppenheimer's, like, relationship with his wife? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oppenheimer as a child? Is it, like, a full-on, like, biopic? Yeah. Um, I do think it's funny that, like, the first production still that leaked was someone in an Albert Einstein costume. <laughs> it made it feel very unserious. It, uh, like as soon as you dress up like Einstein, it's pretty much over. Truly, like, am I watching like a college humor sketch? Is he gonna rap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's uh, no way to make it look like someone's not wearing just like a spirit Halloween costume because he's such yeah. a cartoon of a man. Right. Big funny hair, <laughs> big bristly mustache. If he was a rapper, would he be? E equals MC Einstein. You know, Rob, now that you mention it, (laughs) I wasn't sure if this was going to come up today, but yeah, if Einstein was a rapper, he he would be equals MC Einstein. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I just wanted to clear that up. I wanted to make sure. All right. Uh, Can I real quick before we move on? Can I tell you my, uh, my pitch for an Oppenheimer type biopic. Yeah. It's like, check it out. We call it Weisenheimer (laughs) and it's about the, this is a college humor sketch or it is because guess, guess what? Guess what he invents instead of the bomb. The Uh, whoopee cushion. Yes. Yes. Very good. My boy. Yes. (laughs) I mean, the, it writes itself, really. Could you imagine people three miles away looking on as a man sits on a chair with a funny <laughs> pink bag that sounds like a fart? 
but and like you know reverse shot like he sits down it make you know it makes the noise reverse shot of those guys in like the bunker looking through like the little yeah. slit in the concrete yeah and like busting up laughing and it like feeling like the blowback yeah absolutely <laughs> But we keep the part where Oppenheimer uh, says, it reminds me of a passage from the Bhagavad Gita. I, uh, Vishnu speaks and says, I am become death, destroyer of worlds. <laughs> yeah. So that's Weisenheimer. That's Weisenheimer. And, uh, I like it. And actually, you know what? I do think there's a place for Rappin Einstein in Weisenheimer. Oh, 100%. <laughs> And you th- you got to imagine he says something like, uh, "Damn, that is relatively stinky," <laughs> right? Because of his theory. Oh man, I like this movie. I I would go see Weisenheimer. Yeah, I I think you just ruined Oppenheimer <laughs> for me. <laughs> You're gonna be thinking about Weisenheimer the whole time. The whole time, I'm gonna be like, "All right, what's the Weisenheimer? <laughs> the Weisenheimer this scene? Of this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where where he is? Uh, you know, he's he's having a, you know, he's he's pulling his hair out because he's trying to split the damn atom. <laughs> he can't do it. <laughs> it's just like uh, uh, other things, just other like. Uh, like things that he just like puts together to try and make a fart sound and it just like, <laughs> keeps failing. <laughs> At one point he does like the armpit elbow thing and they're like, but how are we going to sell that? <laughs> Ultimately, I feel like someone maybe sits on like a, like a hot water bottle or something. Mm. Right. That's probably. Oh it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. It seems anticlimactic. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, for a first draft, it's not bad. No, it's a solid first draft. Mm. Um, all right, I guess so, we have to write this now. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess who's any, anyone who's worried about like, like yeah, the Writers Guild of America is on strike, but you got options. That's what I'm saying. We can keep. Yeah. <laughs> listen, to any producers up, out I, there, I will scab. I will right scab now. for Weisenheimer. <laughs> totally. Should we get shirts made that say "We'll scab for Weisenheimer"? <laughs> <laughs> Something just so impenetrably stupid. Wait, we'll it's, scab for Weisenheimer with like, a picture only of like, for us with a picture <laughs> of Rappin Einstein on it. That actually is like that's like a stroke simulation. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh wow. Well, I love it. I gotta, I gotta see it. I, I gotta, I might, I might get in the lab and whip up a will, will scam for Weisenheimer t-shirt. <laughs> will scam for Weisenheimer. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um, so, all right, Lisi and her story. Yes. Enough about, enough about these men, these toxic men and their atomic bombs. Yeah, and their atomic penises is what it, what it really is. You know. He has a big dick. He has a Boppenheimer. Yeah. He's a he's a long boy. <laughs> Is that true? I have no idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell him tells uh, out of school. The Atom Smasher, they call it. Yeah. Well, the Eve Smasher, I guess. Yeah. 
if you if you're impressed by him splitting the atom, oh, no. you should see. <laughs> oh no! Say no more. <laughs> Whoa, boy. Oh. Anyway, back to this story about women it, and the, the yeah about <laughs> oh my god and we're the, such a bunch of fucking pigs, pigmen, yeah, doofus pigs <laughs> talking about. <laughs> farts and rapping Einstein for 10 minutes. And we're like, all right, I guess we'll tell, tell this beautiful story of grief and sisterhood. Yeah. Sisterhood, grief, love, all that stuff. I'm not going to lie though. I feel like the sisterhood part. Yeah. Gets a bit shafted. Doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I thought it was going to be much more of a thing when they, <laughs> when they sort of do that, um, uh, Garden State shot where the three of them are in, standing in the yeah, rain, okay. screaming into the void. That was <laughs> that was preposterous. I did think it was funny that they were screaming like, "Let's, we're gonna kill him or whatever." Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it was it was Garden State, was it not? It was. It sure was. <laughs> I also, yeah, it's kind of weird too that Jennifer Jason Lee's character works as a knight at medieval times. <laughs> It's weird. Yeah. It comes out of nowhere. It's really. <laughs> I mean, she just shows up with that all that armor and clanking around. <laughs> Say what you will about that movie, but Peter Sarsgaard saying it can cut can or it can't cut cans. That's acting, <laughs> what? baby. What what can't cut cans? He wants to return like a set of knives or whatever. And oh, that's right. Yeah, just yeah. to like make money, uh, right? And he's just like, yeah, the uh, yeah, the yeah, commercial set like, uh, can cut cans. And they're like, well. They, you know, they're like asking him follow-up questions. He just goes, yeah, you like, can't why, cut cans. Why, yeah, why do you want to cut cans? Yeah, he's getting like, yeah, just fucking uh, exasperated. Yeah. Just being like. Wait. It just, it just doesn't cut cans, man. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't do the thing that it says it's going to do. That movie doesn't deserve him. Big, big SARS guard <laughs> guy over here. Um, One more quick digression. Speaking of yeah. li- lines from movies from 20 years ago that are stuck in my craw for no reason. Uh-huh. Now, I believe I am on record on this show as saying that my f- I've only seen the fast, the first Fast and the Furious movie, and my favorite part of the movie is when Paul Walker orders a tuna sandwich, no crust. Yeah. I saw, <laughs> I shit you not, um, some sort of Italian sports car. What's like a brand of Italian sports car, not Ferrari? Like a Lamborghini, Ferrari? No, car? cheaper. Think cheaper. Some sort of uh, Italian sports car. Like a Fiat or something? There's one Alfa Romeo, maybe. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm it a was car guy. I don't know. Me neither. I'm no uh, that I'm no that that guy from Top Gear who got canceled. Jeremy, I believe his name is. Anyway, I don't. I don't even know. We're going. Go we're, on. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. We, I, we I don't have time for that. Stay on target. <laughs> we don't have time to talk about Jeremy. Akbar. Akbar. Okay. Um, I saw a license plate frame that said. Tuna sandwich, no crusts. <laughs> <laughs> I should have followed Were them you? home and been like, brother, <laughs> my brother. That's really my brother funny. in crust. Yeah, <laughs> my brother in crust. Um, did you like in that moment when you saw that? Did you feel like validated? In yeah, in, I was like, re- just remember, like you know, obviously, like there have been ten. Fast and Furious movies, right? Yeah. That one in particular is not even like people don't even talk about that one because it's so like 
people consider it kind of goofy. It's basically point break, but with cars, uh, you know, shit like that, yeah. whatever. Yep. And then you just see this guy with the fucking license plate frame. And yeah. Like, holding, he's, he's, holding down the fort. Yeah. Yeah. He's my Carrying people. the torch. Yeah. We exist. <laughs> We're out we there. We exist. <laughs> um, Join King Me in celebrating No Crust Visibility Day. <laughs> Throw the crusts away. <laughs> A ceremonial toasting and then burning of the crust. Yeah. Lisey, uh, though, huh? <laughs> so, okay. Uh, once, so Lisey goes to Booyah Moon. She sees Amanda, um, and she she's talking to Amanda, and she's, uh, she's asking her if she wants to come home. And she's like, she's sort of in between worlds, right? She's in uh, the Booyah Moon and the real world at, sort of at the same time. They keep calling them doubles. I'm not 100% clear on all of that. But um, so she, wa- she wants to come home. Um, so Lisi comes back to reality. She... Uh, gets her sister Darla, and they go to the um, the mental institution, right? Uh, and while they're there, they they go see her, and they're like, you know, Lisey's like trying to figure out what to do and blah blah, blah whatever. And then she she grabs her uh, Joan Allen's face, Amanda's face. Yeah, well, like, she's like she's like this ha- this happened once before. How did Scott bring you back? Scott brought her back right, yeah, last time. What did Scott do? She says, yeah. he kissed me. And we see Scott do that. And then... Right. And that was the when he like transferred the water yeah. from him into her mouth. He totally spews, dude. <laughs> he does spew. He fucking spews. Oh. <laughs> if you're going to spew, spew into this. <laughs> My mouth. So then Julian Moore, not really understanding what that means, but being like, all right, I guess I got a, a tongue of my sister. Right. Got a French. So, <laughs> you yeah. so they, they kiss and she like, they, uh, Julian Moore is like holding, uh, Joan Allen's like head. And she likes, like slowly pulls away and, uh, water is being transferred from, uh, Lisi to Amanda mm-hmm. and this snaps Amanda out of it. And she is, she's back. Uh, she's back to being herself. Right. Uh, and then there's like a bit where they're like trying to tell the doctor, like she's fine now. Like we just want to go home. Um, which I thought was, <laughs> I like, I don't know what their, their whole strategy or whatever was like, okay. Sort of confuse uh, him into submission, right? Exactly. Yeah. It was like, all right, Lisey and Amanda are going to like talk to him and try and convince him to like let her go, while Darla will be in the background looking at pictures and being like, hey, is that Bruce Springsteen that you met? <laughs> like Shit like that, yeah. right? What uh, And then like Lisey's also like, because, you know, it's established that like this doctor is like a big Scott Landon head. Yeah. Um, and Lisey's just like, well, you know what Scott would have said about this. And she hits him with like these weird, like, uh, you know, frankly, Ted Lasso ish sort of like platitudes. Sure. Um, I, I wish I could remember even one of them, but yeah, I can't remember me either. But. Um, yeah. So eventually he's just like, ah, hell. All right. 
You girls. Yeah. You, all right. You girls seem go. nice. <laughs> you see, you all seem nice. <laughs> um, so they, they leave and then they, that's when they do their whole like garden state screaming in the rain thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically Lisi and, um, was Jennifer, Jason Lee, Darla, Darla, Lisi's convincing Amanda and to a lesser extent, Darla, that they do need to kill Jim Dooley. Cause he's like, you know, uh, I think Darla is kind of all in on this at this point because she's right. She's the one who tells Amanda, she's like Amanda when she's like not fully sold. She's like, he was in your house. He was yeah. eating your food crumbs everywhere. Guy, guy made a fucking mess. He must die. Yeah, he messed yeah. up your house. Yeah. No. She, right, like Darla sort of like puts it together that like he was probably there when she was there. Mm. She could um, smell his feet. Oh, is that what she said? Or some that. kind of stink? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So and then Amanda, Amanda's like, he was in my house. Oh, we gotta kill him. <laughs> <laughs> like, Amanda, Amanda's a big uh, stand your ground type. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> um. There's like there's a scene uh, when they're trying to like sort of come up with the plan, right? And and Lisi's like, "All right, you two hide in the bathroom. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'll get him out here. Um, and if I say like green lawn, that'll be the cue for you guys to like, come out. And then you tackle him, and then I'll take him to Booyah Moon and yada yada, right? And the three of them are sort of arguing about the plan because they're like, this plan kind of sucks. Yeah. And like, yeah, whatever. I, I, I just kind of like that scene of like three sisters just arguing about like <laughs> how to best kill this guy, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. I, I did like Amanda bringing an autographed hockey stick. Also like a piece of sports memorabilia. Yeah. It's, it belongs to Darla's husband who yeah. got it signed by uh, it, like a professional hockey player. I forget who it is, but it's like a, famous hockey player yeah and uh yeah amanda's like i, I don't know it, it's all it's all scribble i can't even read it hockey players they can't even they probably can't even read <laughs> and darla's like you better not mess that up or else you know my husband's gonna be pissed um so but okay and then you know sort of elsewhere uh Dooley calls up the the professor right and tells him that like uh you know I have uh, I have some of the works. Uh, I'm going to be able to get more. I have some and, of the works. And the professor I'm going to be able is to get like, more. "What's that?" That's my dually impression. I said, "I yeah. have some of the works. I'm going to be able to get more." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I told you I was really good at convincing people. Um, I like it. To be clear, I like what yeah. he's doing. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I'm really good at convincing people. Well, you. Have no charm or charisma, so I can only imagine. <laughs> well, you wear a murderer's raincoat everywhere you go, so yeah, yeah. You have a very specific look about you. <laughs> um, right. So uh, the professor tries to tell him to like stop what he's doing. He doesn't. He tells him, you know, can't stop now, and you know, so close, whatever. And then he hangs up on him. Uh, Lisi contacts the professor. And it, 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 this whole like thing, because the professor is in like, he's fucked. Like if Lisi wants to press charges or do anything, like he's the one who sent Dooley on his little mission here. So it is really his fault. Yeah. Um, 
and I like, like Lisi calls him out and like, you know, for pretending to be the hero that saved Scott Landon when he was shot. Yeah. Um, and she says like, uh, if he calls you back, um, you know, tell him that I want to meet with him and I, you know, I'll give him the, the, the unpublished works, um, just not to hurt me. Right. And, uh, and if, and I'll, <laughs> I want you to tell the cops that Dooley called you and he told you that he's leaving and he's going someplace else. Yeah. Right. He's done with all of this. Um, which the professor is like, I don't know if I want to do that. And and she's like, I will fucking end you right now if you don't do this. Yeah, I, do, I really like. She she's she's like, like, she's like, I'm going to see. She's like, well, I could have. I yeah. was thinking about suing you for four million. But my, you know, I was like, oh, this guy doesn't have four million. So, but half a million, half a million. If he cashes out his pension and sells his house, he could probably swing that. Um, <laughs> so she gives him like all that. And he's like, well. Uh, Mrs. Landon, I, I, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm, I know that's an empty threat. Uh, I've spoken to my lawyer, and she just flies off the handle. She's oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. I really oh yeah. It, you though. talk to your little lawyer because I've got <laughs> fucking a team of lawyers and forty million dollars. So yep. I just like. <laughs> You know, <laughs> hard to root for somebody with forty million dollars normally, but sure, yeah, it, yeah, it was very it was satisfying. Where, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you it, fucking asshole, right? I mean, like at this point, Lisi's been like, she's been beaten, she's been harassed by like you know Dooley, but also the professor. Yeah, so she, I love it that she just like snaps and she just like fucking puts him in his place, right? Like just, she's like, not like she's been through so much shit now that like the conventional rules like can no longer factor in. She doesn't have time to well, pretend and, to care about that shit. Right. But like also nobody, you know, these, the, most of these guys, like the professor Dooley, uh, they don't take her seriously as a person. Right. Right. They're like the professor, like even when he, in episode one, early on there, he says something like you were just married to him. Uh, you know, you, you don't have a right to, to hold on to those works, that kind of shit. Yeah. There's a moment where Dooley's just like, I think like as he's losing, he sort of, as he's like, no, no, he's kind of like, you're just yeah, the yeah. wife. Like, how did yeah, you, <laughs> how did you win? You're just the wife. Yeah, you're just a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. And um, he also only so ever I, calls her Mrs., which is uh very insulting. Or, or bitch. He, he or says bitch. Mrs. Yeah, or bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two sides of the same coin coming out of Dooley's mouth. Yeah. So I do like uh, when Lisey sort of uh, big dogs the professor and she's like, motherfucker, you do what I say because this is all your fault. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, the professor does tell uh, the cops that Dooley left and he's, you know, he's done with all of this, whatever. Um, I don't think he talks to Dooley again, um, but Lisey... She records a message, um, and it basically says, "Like you know, I'll, I'll, you know, Mr. Dooley, I'll give you whatever you want. Just please don't hurt me again, please, yeah. whatever." I love that um, it's uh, take two. Also, oh, she yeah, does. It, I mean, it looked like it was like take five yeah. or six. Like she's like, "No, that's not." Uh, it's hold on. <laughs> it is like that. Feels like such an like a fun, interesting thing as an actor where you have to 
do bad yeah, takes yeah. a few times in like specific <laughs> yeah. ways. Um, but the one that we, the other one we see her alt is her being yeah. like, just like, Oh, Oh no, Mr. Dooley, please don't hurt me. I'll give you anything. Yeah. yeah. And she's she, just kind of like, she stops her recording and then yeah. Darla's like kind of sucks. Yeah. She's like, yeah, no, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. So, um, um, also on their way back to the house after they've garden stated, um, yeah. Dooley's just like in the tree, you know, it's like pouring fucking rain and he's just like standing outside in a thicket of trees at yeah. like the, the foot of her property. She sees them pull up and, um, Lisey says something to, oh, right. To the cop. She's basically like, you look tired. Why don't you go home? Like, uh, like she finds out from him, quote unquote, finds out that the, um, that the professor did call the cops and said that Dooley like fucked off or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's like, so how about you go on, get out of here? He's like, right. yeah, all right. And then the girls are all talking about it, and they're like, "Lisi, you trying to?" Seems like you were flirting with the cop over there. Wow, you trying? Uh, I've heard of Lisi's story, but Lisi's horny. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they all laugh, of course. Right. Um, and it, yeah, and Dooley is like, he says something. Like, oh uh, yeah, he uh, don't laugh at me or something. Right. Yeah, because he can't hear what they're saying, but and because he's a lunatic. He just sees right, three and he hates women. Right. And he just assumes that they're always laughing. Exactly. At him. <laughs> I felt that honestly, like for, you know, for a sort of like, there's a, there, there's a lot of good to say about this. That moment rang like so true to me. Just like there's something about the way it shot that even before he said that line, I was just like, Oh yeah, I know exactly. This is going to set him off. Like, yeah, it's really just like a wide shot of three women laughing. And you're like, oh, yeah, this guy can't handle that <laughs> for, right. yeah, for yeah. any reason for- whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. He. It, yeah. It doesn't matter what they were talking about. It, yeah. He, just three women laughing. He's just like, oh, that, that, that's, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not going to work for old Dooley. Yeah. Uh, so the cop uh, leaves. Right. And then. uh, uh they come up with a plan, right? And they decide, you know, they, they set it all up, right? So, uh, Lisey, uh, takes, she has that, that big, uh, lighthouse thing that keep, that keeps spinning around. Yeah. I was surprised to learn that that's an award. Yeah, it's, a <laughs> it's a major award. It's a major award. And I think I think uh, Dooley even says like is his biggest award. It's his or like his most. He means like his most yeah. important award, but it's it's like a three foot tall lighthouse, a functioning <laughs> lighthouse. Yeah, it, right. It, but it looks like a ceramic thing that you would pick up in like I don't know Cape May yeah, or something for you sure. Know? <laughs> like, <clears throat> oh, so, sounds like somebody drank too much bull water. I've been drinking too much bull water. Mm. Been catching Honestly, up with been you. drinking too much pool water. <laughs> <laughs> My booyah moon so, uh, is an above ground pool, and I drank the whole thing. <laughs> um, uh, got so amoebas that night, in my brain. Yeah, I got. Yeah, my brain is mostly amoebas. They're running the show now. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna. This is gonna be a cool phase of the show where I have syphilis and you have amoebas and <laughs> brain it's amoebas. Just, it's just a race to the grave. 
Uh, um, so that night, uh, the cop actually comes back, um, sort of unprompted, and he he tells you know he radios into the police station, says you know I'm back at uh, you know the Landon house. Uh, I you know I just have a, a weird feeling or whatever. So uh, this was the only this bit with the cop coming back and everything was the only thing that kind of bumped me was like, I don't, this feels like, uh, I don't know. It doesn't need to be in it at all. Um, it feels unimportant to the story, propelling the story forward at all. Um, yeah, it feels unimportant. And also there, like the emotional stakes for Lisi are non-existent. Right. right? Cause like, he comes back, he's staked out, Dooley shows up and just domes him, just blows his brain right, out. And then... But, like, so... He... Dooley, like, walks up very slowly along the driver's side of the car and then just, like, stands at the driver's side and then, you know, just fucking caps him. Yeah. Well, it's raining, right? I think that's how we're supposed to believe... Cause it's like that he was able to sneak up on. Yeah. Him? Cause the sound, the it'd be loud in the car. You wouldn't hear anything and you wouldn't be able to see him necessarily through the rain. Yeah. Um, Maybe. but I agree. It's a bit, it's a bit Anton Chigurh. It's a, a bit yeah, implausible. I mean, uh, like, I mean, you know, we're talking about fast and furious the, that, that actor, Sun Kang, uh, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. In those movies, he's like a fun uh, character, fun actor, and whatever. And I felt like that it, the character kind of does nothing here. Like there is that one interaction where you know they 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 have a few interactions. It it's not even like flirty. It's kind of like um, I don't know, just sort of nice. Yeah. Like a they, they're just sort of nice to each yeah, other. Yeah. I didn't when they were like, "You want to fuck him, don't you?" I did not get that vibe yeah i wasn't getting that at all (laughs) i was mostly getting like Um, a nice guy nice lady (laughs) right but like so but even with all of that then he's like i'm coming back tonight i you know i just have a weird feeling and then he's there and he just gets shot it's like uh you know like dick halloran coming back to the overlook right but much like much much lower stakes yeah uh you know because like like you said, like there's a storm going on. So Dooley shoots the cop and you know, it's a loud sound, but there's a storm going on with lightning and thunder. You know, Lisi doesn't hear the gunshot. So, uh, you know, that doesn't play into anything. So, and right. Then and then just like continue on the thing, the thing that got me really and made me feel like, Oh, we didn't need to do this at all is yeah. the next morning when like Lisi comes out to the car and sees him and she just goes, Oh, Dan, I'm so sorry. His name's Dan. Yeah. Which was... Hey, it's, that's your name. It's always nice to hear uh, someone apologize <laughs> in, in media. Yeah. You take that little little audio snippet and just play it over again. <laughs> I'll put... You know what? Maybe I'll, I'll add it to the soundboard. Yeah, for when you make mistakes and I don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, she's just kind of like... Mm, Poor guy. Yeah. Womp womp. All right. Back to my business. Anyway. Yeah. Back to my $40 million. Yeah. So Dooley, uh, he 
shuts off the power to the house, mm-hmm. right? It, the, I love how the house just has like the one switch, bam, <laughs> yeah. power off. It's like a, it's like a switch as big as as, as he is. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, he goes full Buffalo Bill, Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo Bill. Throws on the night vision goggles, which like, uh. All everything about this guy Dooley just rings so true to me. Like he seems like a guy who would have night vision goggles, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, like a just you know, like a a guy who's dabbled in being tactical, for sure. Yeah. Um. I also yeah, dabbles in in tactical gear. <laughs> yeah. Um. I did like the sort of um mirroring of the long boy. Right. He's got like. With the, the eyes, glowing yeah. eyes when he has the goggles on looks like a goddamn long boy himself. Thought that sure was a does. nice touch. Um, so <laughs> this this was like I mean yeah we talk about the sort of like magical aspects of this. This part's very funny. So Dooley's up in the study. Lisey's across the room behind Scott's desk, standing next to the lighthouse, and you know they're like trading monologues or whatever. They're just each saying their piece. Yeah. And um Lisey says something like he's like Scott always said like uh every character has to appear twice or something. And he says like there's yeah. one character that's only appeared once and I guess she means the lighthouse. <laughs> Is that what she meant? <laughs> I don't quite remember the scene, but it yeah. she like has this like zinger line and then like taps her finger on the picture of the lighthouse on the cover of his of Scott's book, and this yeah. like uh, sends like a sort of like a, a homing beacon to him in the booyah in Booyah Moon, right? And and the the, the lighthouse in Booyah Moon starts going and spinning, which makes the one on her desk start going and spinning, right? Blinding Dooley, yes. Mm. Um, Love when someone blind. with night vision goggles gets blinded like that. Oh yeah, that's that's always a lot of fun to see. Yeah. I I it I think it's a little ballsy of uh Dooley to like he kills the power and then he puts on the the night vision goggles. But like you know, what's the first thing that you do when the power goes out? Like get a flashlight. That's basically the first thing that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> the one, the only thing that can take me down is that flashlight. <laughs> it does seem also like, I don't know if I'm Lisey, like what was she expecting the power to get cut? Cause if also, if I'm her, I'm thinking just like, I don't know if I should stay in the room where I told the murderer to come meet me now that he has the upper hand, right. you know, however, yeah, yeah. you know, tenuous it may be, but yeah. Then she sort of like charges him, and they're they they're facing off. They're having a bit of a dually themselves, you might say. <laughs> you might say. You might say. Um, and he really, I mean, Lisi takes a lot of damage throughout this, but this was like she really fucked does. up. I did not oh. the whole hand. Thing, yeah, like, he just he's like pulling her hand apart. Yeah, he just like kind of crushes all of the bones in her hands with yeah. his bare hand. Um, and then her sisters dutifully wait for her to yell green lawn. They don't suspect yep. that anything has maybe gone wrong. And, yep. uh, then they come out and they start 
you know, they, they start wailing they on start him. They start wailing on they him, hit, jumping on his but back. Like, but Dooley also, like, this guy is like a psychopath who's been, you know, fucking, you know, he's got night fishing goggles. What else has he been up to? Right. He probably has nunchucks. Yeah. You know, like, he's probably one of those guys. Yeah, he, he uh, absorbs the damage pretty well, I would say. Right. So, and then he, like, he headbutts uh, He headbutts Darla. everybody. He does kind of headbutt everybody. <laughs> everybody gets one headbutt. When he first sh- well, when he first shows up too to the study in yeah. the previous episode, he headbutts Lisi. Oh yeah. my god, and yeah, he's yeah. got the forehead for it. I will say, like, oh my it, god. as far as casting goes, you want someone with like a <laughs> pronounced forehead to do the headbutt. Definitely, yeah. So, um, yeah, for a second, it seems like maybe uh, you know Dooley has the upper hand. He is he's choking Lisi out and he keeps saying respect and no wife. He says, No wife. Respect. <laughs> You're you talking know. to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um and while this is happening, uh, we see the water in the sink start to start to fill up, and she uh we're like, all right, she's gonna she's taking him to Booyah Moon. And that's what happens. And he he immediately is like, "What are you doing to me, Mrs.?" Like, <laughs> you know. And then they sort of like they're they're separated in this like you know uh, sort of like forest booyah jungle thing. or whatever. Booyah jungle, yeah. sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Lisi's got uh, the sh- yeah she's got the shovel, and uh, she's she's calling out like they're having like sort of a back and forth. And, you know, he keeps calling her a bitch. And she, at a certain point, she just starts yelling. And she's like, why don't you come and come over here? But, you know, she, it becomes clear that she's not talking to Dooley, but she is trying to summon the long boy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she, the long boy appears, sort of freaks out yeah, uh, you Dooley. You don't need to ring um, that dinner bell twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um. There's a bit of like a, a scuffle between Dooley and uh, and Lisi. They, you know, she hits him with the shovel. He uh, he goes he back after her that hand. Yeah, she yeah. made the mistake of attacking his head, which is is the strongest <laughs> part of his body. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And yeah, then so she, uh, but then right then Dooley gets sort of like hypnotized. By the uh, by, the long boy looks into right? those His eyes. Start glowing. Yeah, those killing lights. Yep, the dead lights. The dead lights. That's what um, I said. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was just repeating exactly what you oh, said. I can't wait to drop in you saying "dead" in that spot. <laughs> so, hi. Let's stay. Ah, uh, uh, Giz Watch twenty twenty three. It's as good a time uh, Giz. as any. Oh. She's uh she's she's feeling much better. Obviously, she's ready to podcast. She loves it. How many more days of shots do you have to administer? Oh, Dan. <laughs> uh, let's see, seventy. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I the shots end. I'm done giving her the shots on September 26th. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We uh, I wonder if we have an episode coming out that day. We should do something special. Yeah, yeah, we could do a, a Gremlins I think it two might be a Tuesday. 
Oh. What's that? I was saying Gremlins 2 for Gizmo. Oh, we should do Gremlins 2. We should just do Gremlins yeah, 2. Yeah, we should. Really good. We should do the other, <laughs> the remaining films for Dante yeah. speak. Yes. Yeah. We should do the rest of the Dante films. Um, so, all right. Uh, then, so Dooley is hypnotized by the long boy. And what a sentence. <laughs> yup. <laughs> uh, and uh, I guess I should have said this before, but Lisi, uh, she goes to Paul's grave in Booyah Moon and grabs that needle full of ketamine, which is 30 years old, but it's Booyah Moon. I don't know if that counts for anything. I don't think it, it must uh, not, must not. Right. It didn't go bad. It's fine. And then, uh, he, she jabs Dooley in the neck with it and he does that. He's like, what did you just inject me with, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> sort of like slurring his words. Oh, man. Still... And not only is it ketamine, but it's like ketamine mixed with like river water, you know? Right. Yeah. Gross. Um, so, so, yeah. Uh, he gets... And then the, the long boy grabs him. Yeah. And we get all, uh, a long loving shot of him being torn apart by the long boy. Um, it, yeah. It just sort of like holds its hand up. Lisey's staring as, uh, yeah, the other people in the hand of the long boy are just like kind of clawing at him and ripping him apart. And he's yep. screaming a bit. And eventually, you know, Lisey looks away. She's not, she's not enjoying the, uh, the gore. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not why she's um, here. No, but he is torn apart. And, um, I didn't understand this part. She, when she comes back, to the real world, um, the Dooley's uh, torn apart body uh, is in her pool. Yeah, I was wondering uh, about uh, that wh- too. I don't know why it didn't just stay in Booyah Moon. I don't know. Um, I don't know either. But it didn't. So she has to she has to fish out all the pieces of Dooley. Get that pool skimmer. And she, yeah, she uh, she sort of like throws them all in a blanket and wraps them up like a bindle and throws them in the trunk of her car and then just goes to like the river on a bridge yeah. and just sort of like one by one dumps the pieces out <laughs> in the day. Like there's it's in daylight too, which it right. Broad daylight and like pretty public and you know, ballsy. But, but as the police chief says later, he's like, I wouldn't exactly lose sleep if I learned that Dooley had been, I'm, feel like i'm slipping to morgan freeman i'm trying to do main <laughs> you know that is yeah that's fine um, i do love that we got a, a real mainer in here though oh yeah yeah i that that conversation between the the chief there and lisa i like that where he's like uh you know he, he talks about that guy dan the cop that gets shot uh being his friend and how like he said like he wouldn't he wouldn't lose sleep if uh you know, nobody ever found Dooley, that guy Dooley again. And uh, Lisey's like, yep. She's like, uh, she's like I don't he, think he, they're gonna. He, yeah, he's like, do you think they're gonna find him? And she's like, no, nah, I don't think they're ever gonna find him. And then he says, uh, Ms. Landon, is there something you're not telling me? And she says, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did love that. Yeah. I, yeah, I like that a lot. And he's like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, I, I like when, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that kind of shit. I, I've, I've also never, like when somebody says, uh, uh, are, is there something you're not telling me? It's very rare that somebody says yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It felt good. 
Felt good. Um, so then um, Lisa goes back to Booyah Moon. She does. So um, that so that's like the the dually sort of storyline. Uh, a couple we get some flashback stuff, right? For, we get the we actually find out how Scott died finally in like episode seven. Yeah. Um, where he was at a book reading in a theater and, uh, you know, he's, he's like feeling sick. He keeps coughing. Um, and, and then he starts like, uh, he starts bleeding, right? Like, yeah, he, didn't he cut himself. he's bleeding. Well, they cut back to a shot of him getting shot to sort of like communicate that right. he is bleeding from the spot where he was shot. Like however long ago that was supposed to have been. Um, right. Old wounds are reopening. Yes. I wonder how many layers there are to that. Two? <laughs> Possibly two? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, right. So he's at this book reading, and right, the old wounds start opening up, and he has this coughing fit on stage, and then he just starts spewing water all over the stage and he collapses mm-hmm. and then they call up Lisi. They tell her to get down to the hospital. They have this whole, uh, like deathbed sort of scene, which again, I also could barely hear what they were talking about. Um, but Scott dies right there. Yeah. Right. Um, crazy looking yeah. room. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, it was a pretty crazy look. It was like a suite, like a, I don't know. All black. Like a, almost like a operation, yeah. like a, you know, one of the, almost like one of those rooms where they you observe an operation. You know, yeah, like big, like that. Very, very stark, very theatrical. Um, the other yeah. thing is that they think he must have some sort of like virus because of yeah. how quickly he's deteriorating, and because he has like a fever. I think they say like a hundred and six, which seems yes impossible. Um, yep. But so they take him up to this like special unit or whatever. And on the door behind Lisi, as it closes, you see a warning sign that says oxygen in use, no light, no spark. Yep. Which comes up again. It does come up again. Nice phrase. I, like, I, was, I was like, I don't know. You, you're like, I, 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 I think we'll be seeing this again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, I like, uh, I really like that shot of her walking through the house after the funeral and it's it's like this sort of surreal kind of thing where everybody everybody's like talking amongst themselves and she's just sort of like moving through and people like they look at her but they don't say anything to her mm-hmm. and i don't know it just it felt like uh it feels like a real moment yeah. like you know like a actual moment that people experience like after some sort of loss like that like you're 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 so like mentally not there. Yeah. Yeah. And like, not present and nobody knows how to treat you. And like, so like you feel alone and then you're being treated alone for lack of a a better way of putting that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agreed. I was like, I, that all felt like that was like very, yeah. I don't know. Got a little choked up. Yeah. No, I, yeah, really. That was really good. Um, Right, so uh, back in the present, right? Um, we go back to the house. What 
we get the the backstory. We see what happens after uh, Paul, uh, you know, dies. Right, a uh, few weeks go by, and the, the dad is just like so he is, you know, all fucked up, and he's he's uh, he seems like he's upset about shooting his son, but also he's like you know, we, I don't have much more time before like the cops show up or people realize, you know, that yeah. he uh, what I did. He's stopped going to work. Right. Um, it's a whole. So thing. there's a scene where like one of one of his bosses, I guess, that comes by the house and uh, the dad almost shoots him in the back of the head with a shotgun. What a whole thing uh, that was! Great scene. Really yeah. like that scene. But like, but Scott makes up a story about his dad going to Philadelphia to visit his sister because she has Lou Gehrig's disease <laughs> and she's deteriorating fast, yeah. right? Um, and then uh. And then the guy gives him uh, $2. He says, here's one for you and one for your brother, right? I'm like, oh, this is the first time that he told a story and got paid for yeah. it. You know? Yeah. Um, and then, so again, like the, the dad is like, he's all fucked up. And he sends uh, Scott on a, on a bull hunt. And it ends. Uh, well, for, we see, we see uh, the dad put the shotgun in his mouth. Um, which, uh, he's like, it's in like the side of his teeth. Yeah. Like, uh, like he's sort of gnawing on the end of the barrel. Um, and then he can't do it. And, and he goes to the, uh, kitchen and drinks like, I don't know, three quarters of a bottle of vodka. Yeah. He does a Mandy. Yeah. He does a Mandy. Exactly. (laughs) And, uh, his last, uh, you know, Scott is on the, the bull, uh, bull hunt, and he gets to the last clue, and it it says, uh, you know, kill me and uh, take my body to Booyah Moon, right? And uh, you know, the dad is passed out on the couch, and yeah, Scott really doesn't hesitate, and he grabs a a pickaxe and just like fucking swings it into his chest. Good and form, kills him. old boy. Good form. Yeah. Um, that, I I love this bit where uh, Scott takes he ties up his dad and ties a rope around his legs and then ties the other like wraps it sort of around uh, the well that they have and ties the other end to the tractor so he can drag his dad out of the house because he's too little to actually lift him. Yeah, um, I, I just thought that was I, I'd never seen that before. Something like that before in a. In a show or a movie. crazy contraption for burying your dad. Yeah, a bit like a yeah, a little a little contraption, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, he, he dump, dumps the body in the well. Um, he says he tried to get him to Booyah Moon, but he just couldn't. Do right, it. but he couldn't do it. Which uh, and attracts. Yeah, yeah. Um. Then Lisi. Uh, it seems like so. Lisi takes all of Scott's work, uh, unpublished works, and it seems like she gives them to not a publisher. I don't know if it's like it's the museum. University of Maine. Yeah, it's Is like she it donates is? it to their library. But also, okay, real quick, all right. did we say that that's Lisi's story? Is Scott explaining what happened? Oh no! I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's like, um, yeah. So she, um, right. That's the whole framework of that story. Right? <laughs> yeah, she goes. She goes to Booyah Moon. There's like a string tied from Paul's grave to 
Uh, she follows it from the needle. Oh, from the it, needle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she follows it all the way to a tree, like out in a clearing somewhere and finds a yeah. box with among other things, this like legal pad that he's written Lisey's story on. And that's, that's the whole story. And that's what ends with him being like now. Yeah. Now I've shown you like everything about myself and now right. you don't have to wonder and you can move on that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, she even says that in one of the earlier episodes when she's talking to Darla, she's like, he's sending me on a bull hunt and, uh, you know, there's a prize at the end and my prize is to, um, you know, I think she says to be alone and, like or that. like, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And I, when she says it, 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 it seems like it's half like, you know, just like being alone in like a pejorative way, like a, or like a negative way, just being like spending the rest of her life alone. But then at the end of when she's re- finished reading the story and he's like, now you can let me go because you know everything, like, you know, all of me now. And he's like, uh, you know, just, he says, I love you and, uh, kisses at least a thousand of them. Uh, and, and, yeah, I don't know. It, I think I, I just feel like it was a nice way to sort of, you know, it, this whole thing is about like processing grief, yeah. right? And I, it, it, I like it's, you know, oh, it, she's right. never going to be completely over him, but she can move on from this now. She she doesn't have to like haunt her own house right. anymore and just be alone, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. And there's also the aspect of like him being so famous. And there's a scene where she talks about like, she's like, there has to be something just for him and me. Like there has to be some part of our lives that's just for us. Otherwise I don't think our marriage could have survived. And, and like that, you know, that's really, that's the tension between her and Dooley also is like, she has this like insight into him. And I think he on some level understands that and needs to, Oh yeah. And he's jealous, right? He's in, he's murderously jealous, uh, and thinks of himself as literally a prophet for these. Yeah. He keeps calling himself a prophet. Um, he says he's his number one fan, number one camper. uh, I guess that's what they're called. Yeah. Yeah. The Scott Landon fans are called campers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's like yeah. there's that there's that also. Um but yeah, I mean that's kinda it. Yeah, I mean right. Like um she yeah, it basically like just kind of uh they you know, they acknowledge uh you know their love for each after she's done reading the story, right? She goes um She's in Booyah Moon, right? She's got the shovel. She goes and she, like, she's face to face with the long boy, mm-hmm. right? And she says, I have to see him one more time. And she gives the shovel to the long boy, which I'm not exactly sure what that I think that's just means. her renouncing that sort of, like, violent bitter. Like, letting go? Yeah, well, like, the violent bitterness, like, because she... Okay. She kept the shovel as, like, a defense against the yeah. dualies of the world, right? Like if, if this should sure. ever happen again, I'll beat them in, in the head with the shovel. 
And that's just her yeah. sort of like, you know, laying down her sword, I guess. That part of her and life then, is done. Right. So she then she goes to the the uh, waters, right? And she sees Scott and he is Oh, well, sorry. Back up a little bit. She asks Amanda what the shrouded people are. And for Amanda doesn't want to talk about it at first, and then she does, and uh, you know, they're not they're not doubles, they're not um you know, they're not they don't have the bad, they don't have the gone, what are they? And Amanda says they're dead. These people all these people that are sitting there are dead they have they just haven't like crossed over yet yeah some of them aren't quite ready to cross over yet so they they just sort of sit there and wait um and that's what you know scott was doing so when julianne moore goes to the waters um she sees scott he's standing like up to his waist in in water yeah and he's he has a shroud on him now and um you know, they sort of like uh, express their love for each other. And then he goes underwater and he just sort of like disappears. Yeah. You know, fades away. And 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 Lisey like wraps herself in that uh, afghan and and just sort of sits there for for a little bit. Yep. And then she comes back and her sisters are, are in the house waiting for her. And, you know, lo- nice little moment between the three of them. And that's that's basically it. Yeah. Tears in my eyes. Yeah. What I got? I got uh, Dooley's walking up to me, tears <laughs> in their eyes. <laughs> uh, well, I have lunatics <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> good people, lunatics, yeah. all of them good people. All of them great. <laughs> Kind of weird. So kind of weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. It was, it was jazz. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. You want to do some segments? I sure do. All right. Dan. All right. This is, of course. Oh, that hurt my parts. Oh, that hurts my parts. Rob. Dan. What hurt your parts? What hurt my parts the most? I honestly, there wasn't a lot that I actively disliked. You know, the pace was like a little slow, but it, it didn't like it wasn't so slow that it you know uh, you know it hurt the story or anything. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, really, the only thing that like bumped me was when uh, that cop got shot. When he came back around, get shot. And it seems to play no sort of narrative. It has no narrative point mm-hmm. to it. I would uh, agree with that. Unless yeah. I miss something, but I just don't think uh, it just felt like a weird, unnecessary thing to. Uh, I don't know. It it it, it seems it, it seems like it was only in there to like uh, add tension to the scene. But the scene was just like, to like yeah, to, I, right like. Is that supposed to demonstrate, I guess, that he's, like, willing to kill anybody and there's no real, like, reasoning with him? Because I think I personally already felt that way about him. Right, exactly. (laughs) I had sort of given (laughs) up on him. Yeah, if you were worried that I 
was siding with Dooley at any point, or uh, <laughs> I didn't think he was a maniac, uh, you're wrong. I thought he was a maniac yeah, the whole time. <laughs> let me be clear. We are staunchly anti-Dooley on this program. Oh, yeah. Not big Dooley heads. No, no. We're not, we're not Dooley guys. Um, but so, yeah, I think when, like that, just that little bit, I just don't think it was necessary. If you take that out, you cut out that whole, you know, that minute. Yeah. It, it nothing is affected. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, for me, my parts. This is like nitpicky because I agree. Overall, pretty big Lisi head over here. Um, yeah. I this is just something I have an issue with every fucking time it comes up in a show. All the specifics around Scott Landon's work, I they just yeah. ring so false. Like. I think part of the issue is like there aren't writers that famous except for Stephen King. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't think, you know, maybe this is just like, maybe I was born too late. Maybe I missed it, but I don't think there's any sort of like messianic reverence around him. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think, I think people really love his books and I think they think he's a great writer and I'm not here to dispute yeah. any of that, but I don't think anybody's out here saying he's like, like rewiring people's brains. Right. Like, right. The, the kind of writer that Scott Landon is, is like a, a Sutter cane. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Sutter cane. Um, like, a almost like, like, a, I don't know if it's counterculture or what, but, um, but that's the thing. It, it, it's like, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I, like, I, I'm not sure exactly how you would describe his his. You know, we don't see any of his works yeah. really. Uh, we get like little snippets of things throughout, and it seems like obviously it it. You know, he has this like rabid fan base, and it seems like these like incel kind of guys are really attracted to his work. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's like a J.D. Salinger catcher in the rye kind of thing. I mean, honestly, uh, it's probably a Stephen King thing, but that's like, I'm sure so much of what he's doing here is like informed by his own experiences. I'm sure he's sure. had, uh, as Scott Landon calls Stalkers them, deep space and, cowboys. Yeah. Deep space cowboys. <laughs> I did like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I did like deep I like space cowboy. Um, yeah. But I'm sure he's like had issues with that kind of stuff. But the sure. sort of like cultural understanding of him, the cultural consensus around him is not as someone who inspires like this sort of like he, like he's not, he's not Shakespeare. Like I, I, I just, yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand what you're saying. It, you like the level of fandom, uh, it just, it like, it feels like, not enough people even read books right. now yes. to uh, like, uh, you know, yeah, sort of more than like, uh, you uh, know, I don't mean to shit on Stevie. It's more just like this. It seems impossible, right? right? It just seems generally impossible. It's the same issue we had with, uh, uh, season three of Mr. Mercedes, whatever that guy's name was. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't remember that guy's name, but yes, the same yeah. thing. Okay. And that's what hurt my parts. But it, all it's right. not all bad, not by a long shot in this case. Let's talk about our shiny, oh, no. our shining moments. Daddy! Shiny moments, Rob. 
Dan. Do you, uh, what's shine? What's shown? What's shown <laughs> for you? Um, there was a lot to like about this. Um, man, Julianne Moore is really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, a national treasure. I know that's like, a, you know, she's the main character and she, you know, there's like, uh, it's kind of, maybe it's a cop out to say that like her performance is like just really fucking good and compelling and, you know, uh, convincing yeah. the whole thing. Like the whole time I'm like, I, I know I see that is Julianne Moore, but she's doing a really good job here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, she, but maybe when she like, uh, she reads Lisey's story under the tree and then she like, uh, she has that like, you know, she finishes a story and she has that sort of like catharsis and it's just like, now she can move on. Yeah. You know, I, I'll tell you what, I didn't like that. She said, I love you too. After she read, I love you. I thought that was like, Oh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was super yeah, lame. That's kind of, but yes, again, nitpicking. That's a great scene. Um, yeah. and yeah, just sort of like, she has such a, like, there's such a, a clear interiority to her, sure. you know, like uh-huh. not that she's like plain, not that she's super subdued. She's not, just as a rule, no. like as an actor, that's not her brand, but, but it's ne- it never feels like it's too much. No. I mean, like, you know, this is kind of like, this is kind of a great story for her to be in because, because of how intense all of the emotions are, right. You know, involved in it. And like, she finds spots to like underplay it too. Um, that definitely is also happening, but like, yeah, she's she's like she's tuned in. She's tuned in and yeah. like setting the tone. And I don't think like right. actors can necessarily do that, but she is uh-huh. such a such a she's a leading lady. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> she yeah, she really she's is. such an effective uh lead actor that like yeah, everything yeah. everything kind of revolves around her um just from scene to scene, which is like it's Lisey's story, baby. You need somebody who can pull that kind of gravity. Totally. Um, my other shining moment is, uh, duly dancing to rock and roll music. (laughs) Yeah. I, I do have that, uh, clip pulled. I really gotta, I gotta play around with it a little bit. (laughs) It's so like, if you, I don't know, I don't know why I keep thinking of Mr. Mercedes, but I think about, no, I mean, well, we can talk about that in our next segment, Dan. Oh, King Tropes. King, King Tropes. Oh, okay. King Tropes! If you say anything before you just say so, we'll add it to our running list of King Tropes. Why are all the children always evil? Why so many one letters for people? King wanted to. Why are all the children always evil? King wanted to. Why so many one letters for people? King wanted to. Why there always going to be a greaser? King wanted to. You just need to trust this guy. Go to Bloodline Device. I drive a great distance just to die. Just to die. And of course, we want to thank Weisenheimer for that fart sound at the end. (laughs) Without him, where would we be? This is King Tropes. Um, Let's go over the ground rules. 
If something okay. happens twice in one of these movies or shows, that's a trope. Two makes a trope. Yeah. Besides that, there are no rules. <laughs> Just have fun with it. Yeah. So, I mean, let's say the obvious one. Spitting something into someone's mouth or accepting something from someone's mouth as a means of healing them. Which one? What is that from? Green Mile, John Coffey. Of course Come it's on. from... When he spits bugs. Yeah. Like, it's not bugs, but it looks like bugs. I spit it's like, bugs, looks like gnats. boss. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. Uh, stealing the unpublished works of a, a famous sort of cult author. Sure. Uh, of yeah, course, Mr. Mercedes. Mercedes season three, yeah. uh, doing a dance while being a loner, homicidal psychopath. Also, sure. Mr. Mercedes season one. Yeah. Um, hang on. I got, oh, that, that hotel that they go to, uh, for their honeymoon where it's like, Oh, do you mean the overlook uh, hotel? <laughs> yeah. The, that's just, the fucking Overlook Hotel. It's in Colorado. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's in Colorado. They're the only ones there. It's snowing out. Like, you knew what you were doing with this. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> goddamn Stephen King wrote the goddamn thing. Yeah, he knew what he was yeah, doing. And the two people running it, the two caretakers or whatever. Forget it. You cannot convince me that those two are not ghosts. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Paul Lazar is the... Oh, that the... The guy with the the eye? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you may know him from Snowpiercer and Silence of the Lambs, probably more famously. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably more people have seen uh, Silence of the Lambs than Snowpiercer, but that's not really sure. funny to say, right? No. Um, let's see. What else we got? What else we got? I got... Uh, throwing um, your dead, dead, uh, dead person down the well, of course. Yeah, throwing your 1922. Um, yeah, the stand also has that bit with the well. Um, mm-hmm. I got um, obsessed fan, uh, like uh, injuring their their uh, injuring an author, like misery is where I'm, what I'm thinking. Yes, the, yes, like. Uh, yeah, the guy who comes out of nowhere and shoots Scott. Like, well, hey, there's yeah, another these, trope. These psychotic obsessive fans. There's another trope: yeah. guy who comes out of nowhere and shoots somebody. That's the outsider. That is the outsider. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, yeah. The. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, Booyah Moon isn't technically a mind palace. It's like More a shared. Like a, mi- it's like a mind timeshare, right? It's established <laughs> like that that's share. where all artists and creatives go uh, to do their thing. Oh, right, he, right. He says that all poets, authors, uh, artists—they all go to that pool. Yeah. Um. And so, I guess on a related note. The idea that being a creative person imbues you with superpowers. That is technically an intergenerational <laughs> king trope. It's more of a hill trope. Sure. <laughs> um, although, wasn't there also a, a king thing? I don't know. Maybe not. That checks yeah, out. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. 
Um, writer protagonist, well, writer supporting character, actually. In that's this right. Case. But, you know, I feel like that counts. Sure. Driving a great distance just to die, although not that great a distance, I do feel like Dan Beckman checks that box. Officer Dan Beckman. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking the same thing. Like, he's not driving all that far. It's not a cross-country trip or anything. But just being um, sort of ineffectual and killed off before you have a chance to do anything yeah. at all. Yeah. You know? Driving like, out of your way just to die. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, what else, Dan? What else? I got uh, that's it. That's it for me. Oh, big bloody red moons. Oh, of course, moons in general. Moons right? in general. I mean, oh, fucking glowing eyes. Oh, right. Yeah, dead lights. Dead lights. You got dead lights. You got uh, Mr. Moon Man or whatever the fuck from uh, Gerald's game. Oh uh, yeah, Moonlight Man. Right. Yeah. Don't uh, don't you got to put some respect on his name. We were so scared of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, abusive parents. I feel like there's de- yeah. Surviving surviving your abusive parents through the power of siblinghood. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I feel I mean, abusive parents. That's pretty much every Stephen yeah, King for sure. story involving parents. Yeah. Um, older brother who dies tragically and your dad resents you for it. Stand by me. Much shorter timeline, much worse circumstances. Yeah. Um, also stand by me references to the New York Yankees. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, all right. That feels pretty good. That's good. Yeah. I guess that brings uh, which us brings us to our next segment, yes, Dan. No longer our penultimate segment. No longer penultimate, but important nonetheless. This is, oh, absolutely. Where was Slimer? Hmm. Rob, when you said "Where was Slimer," you got me thinking. Where was Slimer? <laughs> now, this is a long series. Lots of opportunities for that old onion head. That glowing green gentleman to slip in a frame and make his presence known, eat a hot dog, mm-hmm. drive a bus, uh, have a wife or girlfriend. <laughs> right. Those are. Yep. 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 Uh, and there's plenty of, you know, water, plenty of blood, a lot of water. Water's not, not, a lot of slime, water's not slime at all. No. Even when you're spitting it into somebody else's mouth, mm. still not slime. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm remembering though. So mm. you know, like when Amanda is in Booyah Moon and she's looking out the water and she sees the pirate ship and it's her and her yeah. sisters as kids playing on it. Uh-huh. Do you remember when they cut to that bus driver and he looks out and he just sees uh, a certain onion-headed ghost uh, gobbling hot dogs as fast as he can? And he's oh, on sure. a bus yeah. while he's doing it. Oh, I think that was Slimer. That was that was probably Slimer. All right. Well, that makes yeah. sense. Can't believe I missed that. All right. Well, that this was where was Slimer. And that was where was Slimer, which brings us, of course, to our penultimate segment. 
IMDb. They just cheated us! This isn't fair! This is IMDb where we compare our opinion of the miniseries against the weighted average user score on IMDb.com. Rob? Yep. 6.3 thousand uh, wayward souls sat down on the steps of the Booyah Moon Lake Ocean. Mm-hmm. They looked out into oblivion and they awarded Lisey's story a weighted average user score 5.8 out of 10 stars. You have a look on your face like you just uh, like your son just served you a moldy bread sandwich. <laughs> Which also happens in this. I think we forgot to mention that. But uh, you disagree with the people. That's I think that's crazy. Feels low, low right? Man. Yeah. That's like, honestly, I felt like this was one of the better King adaptations that I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, like something that's, uh, you know, like uh, a new property, right? It's not just a rehash. It's not. You know, uh, we're not remaking it or fucking Firestarter or whatever. Oh, remember you know, that one? The Firestarter. Oh, we're be doing that. It's coming up. Coming up soon. That was a real heap. Oh, that yeah. That thing sucked. Um, oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, no, five, five. What is it? Five. Five point eight. eight. Yeah. That's far too low. Um, I would give this a solid eight. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think it's too slow to go that high. All right. It's really, really plotting. It is very, very slow. However, the payoff does make it feel a little bit more worth it. I still think this could be four episodes and (laughs) I'd be perfectly happy. I think, yeah, this is eight episodes and I feel like they could have probably tightened it up to at least six yeah. episodes and like and been totally fine. Yeah. Um, so I got to ding it for that. I don't know if I'd go higher than a seven, although I really liked it. Um, you scandal on the King Me program. We're off by one full star. <laughs> <laughs> We're. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. This never. And you want you want to know the truth? If I'm being honest. Seven, 7.5. I, I'd be willing to go to a 7.5. There you go. I figured that, that the the original 7 was probably just the syphilis talking. <laughs> My math's not so good. Yeah, uh, yeah no. Um, I agree. It's too low. I, I'd be curious to know what people like objected to. Probably just... Probably mostly the pace. I would, I would say if you didn't finish this it would be very easy to have like a more negative view of it because when at the end of at the end of the last episode i was like not convinced this was gonna they were gonna land this plane i was uh right there with you the first four episodes are i mean the whole the whole series and the whole mini series is slow i keep saying that but the first four episodes like we we (laughs) the last uh Last episode that we did, we were like, I'm not sure exactly what we're uh, talking about here. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. Yep. Um, but I, I think, uh, like I said, I think it, I think it sticks the landing. I think it has a satisfying end. And yeah, 
fucking eight. I give it eight point zero. Hell yeah! Nice round so. number. Yeah. The number with and the hourglass figure. Yeah, va va boom. Hachi machi. <laughs> Definitely. <Yeah. laughs> get get these eights away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that brings us to our final segment, huh, Rob? It sure does, Dan. This is show's over. Shows over. The show's over. Show's over. That's it. it go you're home. overthinking you're this. Done. If you think anything else is gonna happen, you're overthinking this. We wanna Thank you. Hmm. Thank you for listening to the King Me program. If you enjoyed this, how about there are a couple things, a couple tiny favors I want to ask from you. One, head over to uh, your your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. You give us five stars. If you have the option to leave us a review, that would be swell. Leave us five or more stars and uh, leave a review as Stephen King so people think that he liked the show and he listened to it and we'll read it on the air. Um, mm-hmm. Then the second thing you could do, if you're like, well, I've done that already, but I'm desperate to do more. Please. <laughs> well, I have good news. Patreon.com slash KingMePod. That's the only place to go to get more Danny and Robbie. That's right. Uh, we're put- if, you, if you want to hear more of your boys talking some shit, head over to patreon.com slash kingmepod. You may have noticed this free feed. It's bi-weekly right now. Well, it doesn't have to go down like that, does it? Every other <laughs> Friday, we're doing a bonus episode where we review a uh, genre film. Right now, we're in the middle of a series on The Evil Dead. We... That's right. As of this episode coming out, the last one we did would have been Ash, Ash, well, Ash vs. Evil Dead, well, right? Well, oh, uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead is coming out next week, huh. uh, next Friday. Oh wow! And last week would have been uh, Evil Dead twenty thirteen. That's madness. So you could, I know. Wow, time flies, huh? So that, and we've done the original trilogy. Also, we've do- also done a bunch of other cool stuff. We've done every John Carpenter movie. That was a yeah. long time ago, but it's there. It's there for you. Oh, we yeah. more recently did some. Well, we do some Joe Dante, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah, we we try and hit. We've we've do, uh, done Paul Verhoeven movies. Uh, we did a series on Patrick Swayze. There's a bunch of stuff over there that we can. What yeah. else did we watch for Patrick for the Patrick Swayze thing? Besides Road for Hounds. Swayze, we did Roadhouse. Um, Point Break, Ghost, and Dirty Dancing. That's right. What did we name that one? Uh, still Swayze after all these years. That feels years. right. That feels about right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we also take requests from new patrons. So when you sign up, you also get to request a, a subject for a bonus episode. Previous, <laughs> uh, you know, requests have inc- we've done some John Waters. We did freaking uh we did a yodorowski movie that was a trip that's right uh we did the recent puss in boots yeah and we loved it frankly so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then i still i still love that review on uh somebody on letterbox calling puss in boots uh the most recent puss in boots movie uh baby's first seventh seal. that's right <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um and then we also do uh mini bonus mini episodes that are only on the patreon every tuesday and yeah we talk about 
short films. We talk about the books. What? Yeah, we've been reading. We sometimes we read. We read short stories, long stories. We watch short films. We found a Stephen King cookbook. Well, we've been making recipes from that from time to time. Uh, yeah, it's guys, it's wild yeah. over there. Also, you got to check. That's it out. what we were talking about earlier when we talked about the meat and cornflake. We're gonna do that episode, by the way. We're gonna eat raw beef Great. and cornflakes. And take ketamine. Yeah, yeah. You have you have gout and you can't eat meat. And you're like, I want it raw, baby. I'm gonna eat <laughs> straight to the dome. I'm gonna eat raw impossible beef. Ugh, yeah. Disgusting. Eat somehow grosser yeah. than raw beef. Totally. Okay. Patreon.com slash KingMePod. We'll see you over there. Until next time, I of course am Dan Gagley R D. I'm Rob Avon. Steve. Steven King. King. <laughs>